Milo, and welcome to episode 199 of the Redbox Report, the weekly movie podcast where we review the latest Blu-rays and DVD releases for Redbox. I'm your host, Bob Phelan. I'm your co-host, Joel Phelan. And on this episode, we're going to be reviewing Nocturnal Animals, which features Amy Adams in a, one of the lead roles, and because of that, we'll be going over our top five Amy Adams movies. I'm kind of surprised we haven't got to her yet this far into the show. Yeah, fell through the cracks. <laughs> For sure. Uh, but by the way, adaptation was the word I was looking for on the last episode when we were kind of losing it a little bit. Definitely lost it a lot. <laughs> In the Doctor Strange episode, if anyone made it through that, I was looking for adaptation. But uh, yeah, so this is like the the episode before the real episode, right? Uh, we're so close to 200. Yeah. we Maybe we should just end the podcast right here. Yeah. <laughs> Could you imagine? That'd be so stupid. <laughs> but yeah, um, looking forward to the next episode. Got a lot, not a ton planned, but some interesting stuff, but also looking forward to talking about nocturnal animals as well. Pumped. Pumped, pumped. But before we get into it, I did go on a... Trip up to New York for the live Survivor Know-It-Alls, which I think, I can't remember if I talked about on the podcast with when Rob Sesternino came on or anything like that, but it's something he puts together once or twice a year, once per Survivor season, where I guess, well, I've definitely talked about his podcast on here quite a bit. He won the Best Podcast of the War Award for the Best Podcast of the Year last year wow that's a mouthful um <laughs> but uh he does a like immediate post-game analysis of the survivor episode each week his podcast called the survivor know-it-alls and then like i said once the season they'll have a live show in new york this time it was caroline's on broadway where him and his co-host Stephen fishback will get a bunch of super fans in the same room. I think it was like 300, 350 people up there. And uh, it's a lot of fun to watch the episode with that many people. It's like a sporting event. Each uh, twist and turn, the crowd's going wild. It's a uh, it's pretty pretty neat experience. And, yeah, uh, I remember you being pretty excited about God. Yeah. Yeah, we talked where you went up. Yeah, for sure. And it's like... Like, we were talking about how it was weird to me to go somewhere where people I've never met before, to hang out with people i never met before in the after party, but who I have met before, in a way, online. And, uh, yeah, it's interesting. It's, uh, it's like, these are my people, even if I don't know them like that. They're all interested in the same thing. And we've got that uh, social anxiety disorder going on, right? So, uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> Uh, I was a little nervous going up, but luckily my wife, Sam, was able to come with me, and and it was it was great. It was a great time. Um, yeah, I'm glad she came with me. She was a trooper. I know what it's like when, even if you're having a good time, it's not really your thing. You don't necessarily want to be there. Like, that's me every time we go out normally. So I appreciated her, you know, hanging in there. But sure. uh, Yeah, I was almost... Uh last second backup but yeah because uh our son had an issue luckily we were still able she was still able to go with me yeah i was scrambling at the last second in case she couldn't go 
I was freaking out if I would have had to go by myself. But after going, I think it would have been fine. Uh, I was able to meet uh, Rob Sisternino in person. So that was cool. Um, friend of the show. Yeah, friend of the show. And also got to meet Alex Kidwell, another friend of the show, at least a friend of the spinoff podcast, The Red Belt Report. And, yeah, just met a ton of fans and people that I know from the, the Facebook group that Rob has for his patrons. And actually, it was kind of worked out pretty well because when we first got to the after party, I'm like, uh, if I'm going to just if we're just going to be walking around, like talking to a bunch of people, that's going to like that's not my thing. That's going to give me a lot of anxiety. But luckily, I saw someone that I knew from the Facebook page. Natalie Franklin and we kind of just hung out with her most of the time and let like was meeting people as they came through and all that so yeah that was pretty cool shout out to her it sounds to me like it's sort of like going to a wedding where when you first get to the reception yeah everyone finds their seats people coming in stiff and then about an hour in it's like everyone's sitting everywhere talking to people you've never met in your life and they're at, you act like you they know you already yeah yeah see i would be more social if uh every outing was like this <laughs> so yeah i'm looking forward to the next one i think it'll be in the fall they're actually doing one in toronto but in a couple months but i definitely can't afford to do that so soon but yeah it was a great time so if anyone not necessarily survivor know-it-alls but if anyone has any situation like that that's possible like a a group or a message board that you're on that's get together, I say go for it. It'd be a, be a good time. Take it. Yeah, I've heard in all these things, they're always pretty good experiences. Like uh, the one podcast I listen to, Kind of Funny, or I don't listen to them too religiously, but they do a live show, and that's what everyone always says. It's like generally a lot of people that don't feel comfortable around people, but yeah, you're all coming for the same interest and – it's just, it's a lot easier, I guess, than you would think. Yeah, absolutely, for sure. And then <laughs> the kind of, the bad thing was it kind of ruined my weekend a little bit in the sense that it's like when you get home from an awesome vacation and then it's just like slap back to reality, right? Nothing yeah. to do, like you're just bored at home. But yeah, I mean, there are worse things than that. <laughs> a couple days of like, oh, something's missing, but uh yeah, that's why I'm. I was excited to get back to recording the podcast. Finally, have someone to talk to again. <laughs> My homie Joel Fallon. And all the millions of fans around the world. <laughs> yes, the millions and millions. Well, I'm saying this because one day it's going to blow up, and then people are going to look in the back catalog. Now <laughs> yeah, appreciate you, future fans. That's right. You got it. 100. percent We couldn't do it without you. <laughs> started from the bottom now we're here <laughs> but uh, yeah let's get to a movie nocturnal animals this was directed by tom ford starring amy adams jake gyllenhaal michael shannon and aaron taylor johnson it's about a wealthy art gallery owner who's haunted by her ex-husband's novel a violent thriller she interprets as a symbolic revenge tale and uh I'm very curious to hear what you thought of this movie because I've it's very divisive, 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 whatever online about some people love it, some people hate it. I know where I stand. I do not know where you're going to stand. 
But before you get into that, had you even heard of this movie or what it was about or anything like that? I guess I maybe vaguely heard about it and just sort of forgot. And then uh, one of the people I talked to about movies and stuff like that, she uh, recommended me watching Nocturnal Animals and then another movie I'll talk about a little bit later, Junebug. But both Amy Adams. Yeah, she's the Amy Adams said, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> I think it was just the topic of conversation. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, I think Arrival was the other movie they were like, I really want you to watch this. We'll talk about it type thing. Nice. Must be nice but, to have someone to talk to like that. Oh, yeah, that's a pretty recent thing. That's, yeah. No, it's awesome. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I really enjoy it, actually. But, um, yeah, I didn't. And then, like. I know who Tom Ford is, actually. Well, he does... With Jay-Z song. Oh, yeah. Well, he is... Uh, did he direct music videos or... No, he was a... Fa- no, something he was with fashion? Just a fashion... Well, he now has something called Tom Ford or whatever, but I forget. He was, like, the creative director of, like, something big, like, Coach or Gucci or... That's I know it. I'm yeah, not yeah, yeah. saying the right one, but maybe, like, Chanel or something. Mm-hmm. And I... So I was a little bit like, huh, that kind of stuff doesn't normally like work out so well. You know what I mean? Yeah. But uh, his other movie was Oscar nominated in some respect. Yeah. Um, the movie a, itself was, but like. Yeah, A Single Man. I, I saw it. And it got positive reviews, so. Yeah, it was a good movie. It was. Plus, just with the cast of this movie, I was felt pretty comfortable about it yeah oh yeah you can't go wrong with the cast and michael shannon is becoming one of the better actors of a generation i completely agree or like character actor at least yeah yeah. he doesn't seem to be the main focus of most movies but second or third yeah and he can do both great he can lead actually like in uh most of jeff nichols movies but uh yeah also he's great with these little supporting roles that he just knocks out of the park. But I'm dying to know. What did you think? Um, I really enjoyed this movie. All right, good. I liked it on um, a couple. I I really liked the style and the cinematic look. It was very clean, even with the, um, like when they're telling the story, it's like in the desert, West Texas. Um, and... I really liked the delivery of the movie. I liked how it wasn't afraid to be a little bit different in in a sense where it's like, I don't know, it's sort of one of those convoluted movies where there's a lot of storylines that really connect, but this movie, they all connect a little more literally. Well, yeah, I guess because... Uh, you know, go ahead. I was just going to say, set up for anyone that hasn't seen it, that it's like split into two in a way where she is two, but there's really three sort of. Yeah. Yeah. But it's like one is her, I guess in the real world where she gets a, she's like super rich and it's very stylized and she gets a book in the mail from her ex-husband and she starts to read it. And then the, I guess the story she's reading or how she's envisioning it in her mind is, is the other part of the movie. And then there are flashbacks as well. Right, so, yeah. yeah. So it's an interesting setup. 
and I have opinions on on each one, very different opinions. But um, I guess this movie's not perfect. No, no. But I sort of like it for it not being perfect in a way. Um, like on one hand, I guess it's sort of one of those thinking movies, but they do kind of spoon feed you it. It's it's quite literal, even yeah, though yeah. it's metaphoric. Mm-hmm. And there are times in the movie where I do think it's a little bit too on the nose. And then there's other, like, little threads that I don't think are actually really clarified. But in the end, I, I've really enjoyed the movie. I, I was surprised. I thought I would, you know, watch it and whatever. I, and I, I got to say the acting's fantastic one way or the other. Yeah, no doubt. I'm glad you liked it because I, I borderline loved it in parts. And then in other parts, I was like iffy at best like when it first started and it's like in the real world present day i'm like okay this is interesting visually but it's not really doing much for me like like i can't i'm not getting invested in her character right now but then as soon as it goes into the story i thought it was awesome like that part with when you got jake Gyllenhaal playing the guy who's on the road with his family and they kind of get uh I guess, ran off the road and all kinds of crazy shit starts happening and Michael Shannon gets involved. I loved all that. Like, that was easily my favorite part of the movie. Um, and, then, yeah, the flashbacks were pretty by the books. Uh, had no- I, I think the flashbacks were the weaker part. Yeah, at least, the- yeah. Maybe necessary, but... Yeah, they kind of just came and went. Didn't leave an impact, even if I liked them technically better than the present day stuff. um, Not as interesting, right? It was basically just like what you would expect from that kind of thing. Yeah, story wise, I think my main complaint, and I guess spoiler warning for this movie, because there's not really a way to talk about it without. I don't think anything's really being spoiled. Right, more just. (laughs) listening especially yeah all right yeah basically spoiler alert from here on if but at the same time i wouldn't worry about it too much because i mean this is a fictional story that's being told so it's kind of there's no real spoilers except yeah, i guess it's the very sort of like when you watch a movie about something that actually happened yeah except yeah in a but weird way yeah <laughs> this none of this is real it's just a, like a fictional story yeah exactly you're right so yeah, go I, ahead. I have a little bit of an issue how much time they took with showing how unhappy her marriage was. Because in the end, I don't think it really matters. That's fair, yeah. Like her current marriage, at mm-hmm. least. Like with the one guy. I mean, I guess maybe it's slightly poetic. Army uh, Hammer, right? He plays the the current husband? Yeah, and it's just... I mean, you pretty much get the gist of the first, like couple minutes yeah. together that yeah he's definitely like probably cheating on her and this and that but mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I, I do think the purpose what it was trying to serve the movie though is how like there's eventually a line where Jake Gyllenhaal says like you know when you love each other like you work these things out like you don't just like run mm-hmm. and I think it's kind of how Amy Adams inadvertently sold kind of sold her soul for 
the vanity of love rather than true love. Right, yeah. Like, you for a guy that. that she did like, but it was more like they're very successful. He's incredibly handsome. Good looking, whatever. But I don't know. Side note, Army Hammer is becoming quite the actor, and I think it's going to be Hammer time here soon because <laughs> he's uh, – He's in some, I uh, think, big movies coming out this year. He, He's a guy that I keep an eye on, for sure. <laughs> After Bro. all these years of people saying that's going to be the case and it never happened, I think that it might be time. <laughs> we'll see. See if I'm right. I think acting-wise, though, everyone's fantastic. Amy Adams just doesn't miss. Never. Never misses. She's so Michael good. Shannon is incredible. Jake Gyllenhaal, you don't really have to say anything about him, but... Uh, I will. The guy that plays the main creepy bad guy. Aaron sure Taylor Johnson, I gotta say, didn't even realize it was him for the longest time. I thought he was incredible in this movie. Like, he is so creepy. Yeah, he's terrifying. <laughs> and this is the same guy that was the boring lead in Godzilla. He, This is Kick-Ass. The, I mean, I like that movie, but... He's kind of bland for a reason. He's like the straight lead kind of guy. And, yeah, hard to believe. Crazy. Was he in, um, and this is more just a hairstyle thing, the <laughs> Stanford experiment or whatever? Mm, I don't I don't think so, but I could be wrong on that. Don't don't quote me. But I, no, that's, that's a total shot in the dark, so I could very well be wrong. You've definitely seen him in stuff, but yeah, not, he didn't, he's never looked like this or acted like this. It was... Uh, very and he won, I think, for uh, the Golden Globe or yeah, the Golden Globe for Best Supporting Actor, which was surprised a lot of people. But I'm gonna say, not a big problem with it because I thought he was really, really good. Surprising, yeah, he's, it chilling. But I mean, for me personally, Michael Shannon would have won my Best Supporting Actor because. Oh, I agree. I holy agree. crap! What a powerhouse Michael performance! Michael Shannon, I think, so much more important to the actual story than. Yeah. And I, yeah. I understand. Here's why I loved the, the fictional, story in this it was because, basically, I know it's over the top, like, it's everything, worst fear coming true and all that kind of stuff. Like it's clearly trying to say something about these kinds of stories, but at the same time, still being a good version of it. And yeah. uh, I just love how subtle it is in a way. Like it never, outright says what's going on with Michael Shannon's character. You can pretty much, I mean, eventually it does, but you can put it together before that just from subtle clues in the movie. Yeah, actually, that was one of the things I was going to say next is I really like this about this movie. Like, the whole scenes with uh, him and his family in the car and stuff. Yeah. I remember thinking to myself, like, this is kind of, like, captivating in a way. It was, yeah. I remember saying to myself, like, first off, if this is me, this shit would not be flying. <laughs> yeah. And second off, I was like, how are they in West Texas and nobody has a gun right now? <laughs> yeah. And then, but I mean, those questions that I asked myself played out mm-hmm. like not long after. And I don't know. I really liked that. I liked how it's a metaphorical movie, but it really doesn't take a whole lot of thought to understand the symbolism and like what's going on and, and 
I think it's actually a strength of this movie compared to other movies where you kind of like figure it out a little early and then you're like, man, that's almost like a disappointment. Mm-hmm. But yeah, and I also wonder if the story that we're seeing, which I think I'm at least I'm interpreting it as this is how she's envisioning it in her head as she's reading it. Right? Is that how you, what you thought too? Yeah, for or, sure. Because I, I mean, don't think it's it as literal. Now. Yeah, I don't feel like I wonder if the actual book he wrote is like a lesser version of this kind of story. But in her head, she turns it into this riveting tale where I was oh, yeah, actually on the edge of my seat. Yeah, like who knows if the book is actually good or not. But I guess because of the feeling she has hanging on, right, like she can – she has more invested into it. In a yeah, way. for sure. It's like uh, like she's so self-conscious about what she did. Yeah. She very – clearly attaches it to herself right but i mean for me the ending sort of really spells out that i think it was because jake gyllenhaal i mean i i had a relationship when i was like quite younger like high school but it was like the same thing where we broke up but we still talk but this this and that mm-hmm and but jake gyllenhaal's character in real life seems like the type of guy that would jump at you know, dinner or any opportunity he could to kind of like see her. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I get that. And then it, it ends with her drinking drinks and no one ever showing up. And I think that's sort of, you know, letting go of that relationship, like a little bit of his own revenge, maybe even, but. Yeah, that's interesting. I wonder if, I mean, they leave it ambiguous enough where, it most likely he stood stood her up like intentionally and all that, but I mean at the same time it's never like in a point and laugh kind of way. Like something could have came up, you know, like later on yeah, she, could, she sure. could get a text saying, "Oh my god, I'm so sorry," blah 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 blah. But they don't share that, which I th- I liked. Yeah, I liked the end. <laughs> yeah, and like you said, it could be a lot of Amy Adams' character just self conscious about the situation where she. Yeah. It's so personally. Yeah, I like that it's completely from her perspective. I think the whole movie is from her perspective, even though she's not in like a large chunk of it, which is interesting. But uh, I got to give kudos to Ford, Tom Ford. I, For me, I love the directing of this movie, even though, even if it isn't quite perfect, but I love the cinematics. I like the look of the film and oh yeah it's a beautiful movie to watch everything about it i really thought it was going to be super pretentious <laughs> yeah just with it you know the art scene and this this and that and him being in that world like fashion if there's like nothing against fashion if you're into that but it's it is a very pretentious yeah and it's just designed feel. to be that way yeah oh yeah for sure i mean it's it is all vanity, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But, I have heard uh, that levied against the film, that it is pretentious, but I didn't feel that way. And honestly, I'm not always against pretension <laughs> in a way. Like, Yeah, I mean... Sometimes yeah. it it works <laughs> in a way. I don't know. It's hard to explain, but there's been times when it's bothered me and times when it hasn't. I just really feel like, and this is kind of the state of media in general today where... I feel like the people that had a problem with this movie for like something like that decided that before they watched it for the most part. 
Yeah, it's possible for sure. Um, I got to talk about Jake Gyllenhaal. This is a guy who's slowly creeping his way into my Ryan Gosling, Paul Rudd list of like <laughs> <laughs> can't do. I thought he was there already. He's get, yeah, he might be. Like, I don't know. Like for the longest time, never thought about him at all, and just thought he was like a whatever actor. But man, over the past, even basically since I started doing the podcast, over the past four or five years, like. This guy can do no wrong. In my, I mean, I haven't seen some of the movies that he's done recently that got, like, really bad reviews. So, like, Devotion, I think, is one that I haven't seen. But, man, the guy, I think he's an incredible actor. I don't know if maybe I just like him and his general charisma is working its way into all his performances. But they're pretty different roles a lot of the time. And I think he's, I don't think he's the standout in this movie. I think he does a pretty serviceable job, uh, especially in the uh, fictional story. He's overshadowed by Michael Shannon and Aaron Taylor Johnson, in my opinion, in this one. But I, most of the time, he he is like that guy that stands out above everyone else. Yeah, for sure. One other thing, real quick, that I, I loved about the, the fictional version of the story is that Isla Fisher plays Amy Adams, uh, she, you know, the redhead from uh, Wedding Crashers. Oh yeah, yeah, it's yeah. kind of a, uh, and it's kind of like a nod that people got them confused for a while there, because they're both like good looking, oh, really? good looking redheads. Like, yeah, I've definitely heard. I think that was pretty clever casting right there. See, I can see that. I don't see it like that though, because all right, don't take this like the wrong way, I guess. But like, Amy Adams is beautiful. Don't get me wrong, but her look is so like girl next door i guess like i guess what i'm trying to say is amy adams looks like somebody i feel like i would know almost Mm -hmm. where what's her name isla fisher yeah she is like yeah next level to me like unobtainable almost but she seems like a human being at the same time but yeah well i think it's more like in the mid-2000s when wedding crashers was coming out like amy adams wasn't as big as she is or as well known i don't know i definitely think it's intentional that casting but i i see what you're saying for sure but yeah just a thought yeah yeah and she's married to sasha baron cohen isla fisher yeah it's pretty crazy always like can't believe it whenever i remember that yeah, I always remember hearing that she said he won't really let her do anything with nudity and whatever. And then, like, you see, like, yeah. any one of his movies. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty funny. <laughs> but uh, let's see. I guess I want to talk a little. We should talk more about the actual present day storyline where I like how. See, it was my least favorite part. For I mean, maybe not least favorite part, but. It left me, it's cold. It's cold. Like, it's not as engaging as the fictional. And on purpose, obviously. Yeah, I was going to say, I'm pretty sure it's quite intentional. Yeah, it definitely is. But at the same time, I can't help that uh, I wasn't as engaged with it. But I do like, like you said, the direction. Everything seems purposeful in this movie where she's so engrossed into this story. She's reading it in the tub. She's like, what, she dropped, broke someone's phone because she was so distracted by what's going on. And... I like the little touches like that. And, yeah, I totally uh, yeah. agree. Yeah, and Amy Adams, again, killed it, of course. Yeah, and I think there's a good line when she's explaining to someone 
at like a show or something where she's like, I have like everything in the world anyone could possibly want. I feel like guilty for being so unhappy. Right. And I, I, I don't know. I just thought that really made sense with uh, the present day storyline. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. The coldness. Yeah, that's true. And I feel like that's a relatable thing for anyone. I mean, it doesn't matter how much money you have, how much success you have. And that's not what it takes to be happy. Happiness is kind of a separate thing. But, uh, yeah. Um, I got nothing else. You ready to grade this, son of a B? Yeah. All right. I'm going to give it a light 8.5 out of 10. I'm right on the money with you, 8.5. Nice. I'm, uh, actually, I would like to see more from him. Yeah. Because I feel like you can only get better. Or, I mean, maybe that's not always the case. Like, some people kind of get lightning in a bottle out of the bat, and maybe they're a little overhyped. Right, yeah. With, no. It's very thoughtful. And... Yeah, there's no question. I agree. And there's one thing for sure. He's not going to make a movie that's ugly. You know, you at least know that's one thing yeah, going in. It's sure. going to be visually stunning, or at least, you know, visually uh, pleasant. And, and I mean, you know me, I, it's, I like visual style a lot. It can make up a lot for yeah, me. Yeah, I'm the same way. Yeah. And yeah, check out his first movie, A Single Man with Colin Firth. I forget the other actor, but it's a, it's a really good movie. I didn't like it as much as, as Nocturnal Animals, but it's definitely recommendable for sure. Nice. All right. Yeah, well, I'm, I think I have that on my two-watch list now. Yeah, might as well. He's only got two movies. Might as well be caught up on all of them. Yeah, right. <laughs> well, let's get to our top five Amy Adams movies. I mean, we've been talking about her a lot the past few months. She was uh, in Arrival. We almost did top five Amy Adams movies then. Uh, and, I mean, she's just in a lot of movies every year. So it's, you're always talking about her. She's. It seems like she's the new Meryl Streep where there's at least one or two movies every year where she's either going to get nominated or at least get recognized outside of award season. And, uh, yeah, I think she's one of the best actors going right now. What do you think? I think I totally agree. She's solid in everything. Yeah. Like, she's... And it's it's surprising in a way from where she came from, because I feel like she started off in these, like, small... Like, I'm sure all young actresses do nowadays, in, like, these more... I don't know, romantic is the right thing, but lighthearted, like... Nothing too, yeah. not not much gravitas, gravitas to the performances early on, but she just kept getting better roles and better roles, and this is very consistent. Like you're you're never, I feel like you're never going to watch a movie and be like, oh my gosh, what is Amy Adams thinking? Like with this acting decision, blah blah blah. But uh, yeah, I guess I'll kick it off with my number five. This is a movie that was originally a play and was adapted into a film, much like Fences from last year. This was, I want to say, 2008. It's called Doubt. Have you seen this? With Philip Seymour Hoffman, Meryl Streep, actually, uh, Amy Adams, Viola Davis. No, I haven't. Just a, much like Fences, it's like not necessarily, I like it better than Fences, which I don't think you've seen that either yet, but it, uh, it's got powerhouse performances. Every single person involved is just, it knocks it out of the park. Incredible, much like Fences. But I think it's more, while still very stagey and you can tell that it's not very cinematic, I think it is more so than Fences. And 
It's a, it's a great movie. It's about a a um, church where Philip Seymour Hoffman is a priest or a pastor accused of I don't know the nomenclature for the church higher hierarchy. What is it? Uh, mm-hmm. But. Mm-hmm. Uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman is accused of molesting a young boy, I believe, and it's kind of like an investigation into if he did or did not do it. Amy Adams and Meryl Streep play nuns at the church, and Viola Davis plays the mother of the boy in question. And uh, it's heavy, but it's, like I said, the performances alone are worth seeing, and it's a really good movie. That's my number five. Nice. My number five is... See, we reviewed this movie, I think, basically we reviewed two movies about magicians, and I think I get them mixed up, (laughs) but I thought I didn't like this one a whole, whole lot, but uh, The Master. Oh, The Master, yes. So, (laughs) yeah, like I said, I I get the two mixed up because we us reviewing. Definitely not a magician, but... Or, you know what I mean, or whatever. No, yeah, yeah. Uh, I'll, I don't want to spoil it. I'll be talking about this in a little bit. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I'll let you take it away. All right, yeah. Well, um, yeah, my number five. All right, cool, cool. I'll, yeah, good choice. My number four is Arrival, which I can direct you to episode 194 of the Redbox Report for my NR deeper discussion into it, as well as Rob yeah. Sistanino's. This is on my list a little bit up. Yeah. Your number four? My number four is um, Junebug, which I recently watched, which I admittedly have to watch the like last 20 minutes of. But you're digging it. But I, I enjoyed it very much. I mean, a little bit heavier than I expected it to be, but uh, I still enjoyed it. You know what? I haven't seen it. It's, I've seen like... 20 of her movies and I know that was like one of the first ones that got her like noticed and I haven't seen it for some reason you think I'd like it yeah for sure you should definitely check it out I'll I'll do uh like what else we watched right. review maybe next week when I finish it up I just right. sort of forgot yeah that's fair yeah I'm looking forward to hear what you think uh all right my number three is a movie that landed on my top five sci-fi movies of all time I believe uh, it's her from 2013 starring Scarlett Johansson as the iOS basically or operating system, mobile operating system with Joaquin Phoenix kind of falling in love with her, <laughs> quote unquote. And Amy Adams plays like his neighbor or friend. She's kind of like basically his best friend, I think. Yeah. And she's great in the movie. She like designs what video games yeah i want to say yeah and that's a really cool use of technology there but the highlight of the movie for me is scarlett johansson as her and the relationship with joaquin phoenix obviously but i just think the sci-fi concepts are so nuanced in that movie and so like the detail oriented it's like so perfect in my opinion chris pratt has a small role uh just love that movie so much and I think anyone that hasn't seen it should check it out. Yeah, actually, this is um, the next on my list. Nice. I watched this right before Junebug, but again, same situation where 
And to be totally honest with you, I was just sort of bummed out. And as much as I like liked the movie, I was like, man, I really can't like. <laughs> yeah. Get the because it was. I think I stopped watching right around the time where he's kind of starting to have like issues mm-hmm. and everything. And I was just sort of like, I don't know. I felt like I could relate to it so much at that very moment that I kind of, and I think that's kind of an ultimate compliment where I just felt like I couldn't finish it at that moment. Yeah. But I loved Spike Jones. He's so and fucking good. What an interesting person too. Like yeah. really got to start making like skate videos and stuff. And now, yeah, he's making brilliant sci-fi movies. It's crazy. I mean, there are so many incredible concepts that I think are just so genius so most and perfect in this movie such a thoughtful (laughs) it's hard and and now he's the creative director of viceland and all that and he's i think he's just the creative director of vice actually but Mm -hmm. it might be i mean not everything they do is great but i think they at the very least have the most interesting channel on tv it's a shame i don't have tv (laughs) yeah same same yeah, man. God, I love that movie. I need to rewatch it. It's been a little bit. Uh, who's it up to me? Yeah. All right, my number two is maybe my favorite Steven Spielberg movie. Uh, maybe not better than Jaws, but it's up there. It's Catch Me If You Can with Leonardo DiCaprio and Tom Hanks. And uh, obviously Amy Adams is in there. Wow, she's in this movie. Yeah, it's just... I've talked about it, I feel like, frequently of late, but such a great chase movie con movie it's so much fun it's like one of the best light-hearted movies out there the cat and mouse game it's it's incredible another yeah one, it's a really enjoyable film yeah another one that is due for a rewatch by me at some point soon for sure all right my next one is one you've already said arrival arrival love this this could easily actually be my number one but I don't know. You got my number two. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Yeah, it it is one that grows the more you think about it, right? Like, yeah, definitely. And I loved it from a first watch, but I feel like it with rewatches or just even pre-watches, as uh, F- Frank from Film Junk would say, uh, when you're just thinking about it, like putting it back in your head, talking about it, like it raises much like uh, uh, all the best movies do. Including yeah. my number one, which I kind of spoiled, but it's The Master. Paul Thomas Anderson's The Master. It's one of my top 50 movies of all time. It's the movie about Scientology in a way, but more just the relationship between uh, Joaquin Phoenix and Philip Seymour Hoffman. Philip Seymour Hoffman plays basically L. Ron Hubbard, and Amy Adams is his wife, and Joaquin Phoenix kind of wander he's a drunk he's an alcoholic uh, a soldier coming back from the war and he kind of wanders his way into this life and they have this incredibly strong connection but they're like butting heads like two battering rams uh survivor uh, reference there but yeah it's uh it's incredible i th- it's not i mean I, some people didn't like it i don't i don't know why i think it's one of the, like visually captivating most beautiful one of the most beautiful movies visually with the cinematography, the acting is incredible. Some of the best of all time. Um, just super interesting character study. And we get some like Scientology 
things on the side as a as a dessert. Nice. See, I have seen this movie now that I think of it, but it's been a while, and I don't know if I was giving it my full attention. Mm-hmm. I don't know why I had it mixed up with the other movie. Forget well, what it yeah, is. Yeah. Is it uh, Now You See Me? Or uh, The Prestige? Yeah, The Prestige. Something else. I don't know why. Just... I. Just from um, the name alone, not like the actual movie. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's weird how you like associate things like that without thinking about it. Yeah, I mean, but, Philip Seymour Hoffman is kind of like a magician in this movie. The way he, uh, you know, puts the the cloud over everyone's eyes with what's going on. Yeah, yeah. Your number the, one. My number one is Nocturnal Animals. Nice. Liked it that much. Yeah, I. It's one of those movies that after I watched it, I was thinking about it a whole lot for whatever reason. Um, yeah, it shows because we had a pretty good discussion about it, I think. I actually went back and I watched like the last half hour again just because, I don't know, for some reason I thought maybe I missed something. Mm-hmm. Or, I don't know. I, I was just watching it so much. I guess I was like, maybe I'll watch it again. But I didn't really have it in me to watch the whole. It is a it can be a bit of a draining movie in that sense. Yeah. It's kind of intense. Yeah, it's a movie where I can kind of understand where the people that didn't like it are coming from. Like, it has a, it only has 73% on Rotten Tomatoes. And I kind of, I mean, I get it. It's disjointed. It's, if you're not into it, you know, like it could be a slog for sure. But we loved it. Yeah. <laughs> it's an honorable mention for me. Uh, as well as Talladega Nights. Um, the Will Ferrell comedy, The Fighter with uh, Christian Bale and Mark Wahlberg as the brothers that are boxers, Amy Adams. Yeah, that's an honorable mention for me. Uh, that's a great movie. And Sunshine Cleaning, which is her and Emily Blunt before they both are like pretty big movie stars. Uh, they're, they play, I can't remember if they're sisters or just partners in this business where they clean up murder scenes like... They're not affiliated with police or anything, but they get paid to come in and, like, either take and throw away, like, mattresses with blood stains or clean them off and clean houses like that. It's a pretty interesting movie. Very good. Good performances. Mm. Did you have any honorable mentions? Um, was the one we just mentioned. And I put out Batman vs. Superman. Oh, nice. Not because <laughs> it's a good movie, but I guess she's a good Lois Lane. Or that's who she was, right? Yeah, Lois Lane. I get that. I get all that stuff mixed up with comics anymore because I know there's always like a second one, different timeline, yeah. or whatever. Yeah, it's. Um, I think she's good casting as Lois Lane. I'll say that. She's yeah, not that's giving all the anything really to do. Coming about it. From. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> I, I accept your apology. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. We can continue. <laughs> was that it podcast is not over <laughs> yes we're gonna make it to 200 um yeah all right then what else did you watch this week if anything well Junebug. oh yeah that's right and uh her <laughs> three movies that i essentially have not finished and then i was gonna mention it on the last podcast and i never really got around to finishing it is uh an anime called miss hakus Hakusai, something like that. You're going to have to send me the spelling for the show notes later. <laughs> Side note. Yeah, uh, 
I'm butchering it. It's not a hard word to say. Okay. Just, <laughs> um, it's sort of, I don't know. It, it, I think it's based off of, I mean, very, very vaguely off a real Japanese artist where I think his daughter was making some of his works and whatnot. And mm -hmm. it's sort of along like those lines, but it's also like the paintings are almost like coming to life. And they're, they're all very famous paintings. Like even if you, you would, you've seen some of them. Like even if you have no idea anything about that stuff. Which I and I don't know, it's just, from what I've seen, it's just a good watch. It's just interesting. There's not, like, a whole big thing. I don't know. I'll, uh, I'll just have to do, like, a proper review of it soon. It it just recently got its dub, is how I stumbled across it. I gotcha. Cool. It came out in 2015, otherwise. All right. Cool. I watched a bunch of stuff. Um, most recently, actually, I just got back from the movies before we started recording and saw, took my, me and my wife took my daughter to see Beauty and the Beast, the new one. And I actually watched the animated version yesterday. So I watched them both back to back days. So I have a, I'm all Beauty and the Beast out. <laughs> <laughs> this movie has made so much money. It's crazy. Yeah. I actually wrote a, 2000 word article on Baltimore Sports and Life called What to Think of Disney's Live Action Remakes, which if anyone wants to read, check it out. Let me know what you think. But I was. I checked it out. You did? Yeah. Nice. Thank you. Thank you. Um, yeah, I got more feedback on this article than anyone I've ever written combined, so appreciate that. And um, yeah, basically, <laughs> these movies keep making so much money, they're never going to stop making them. And it's like, is it worth it? Is it good? Uh, I say yes. I'm I'm a fan. I'm not like obsessed with them or all out like hell yeah, this is what we need, but I think for what they are, they're fine. They're doing yeah, it's not taking away. Yeah, they're doing it justice at least in my opinion. I I can see them trying to at least make it good and not just slap it together to make money. Well, I'm interested to see what you have to say about this because early on I remember seeing like previews of this and I was like, wow, it looks like they really did this right. Like it seems to be fairly – I'm sure it's its own thing, but it seemed to be fairly correct for the, the yeah, cartoon. Yeah, let's see. I have thoughts, but <laughs> I want to – And that's just based off the look. Yeah, I, I yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm still trying to process it a little bit, but I pretty much have it. Um, but it did, it made 175 million opening weekend, which is the sixth highest of all time, and only the s second highest ever outside of the summer months behind The Force Awakens. So that's pretty incredible. Wow! And it only dropped 48 percent in its second weekend to like 90 million. So this thing is going to crack a billy pretty easily, and and yeah, spawn 20 more of these. So. Um, yeah, alright, so first I, I rewatched the animated version from 1991, which is a classic for a reason. It's yeah, great. It's probably the one I've seen the least of the Disney movies, personally. Yeah. And I mean, yeah, sure, targeted more for girls, but I, I've always liked it a lot, quite a bit, because the Beast, I mean, he's a beast, he's, uh, he's <laughs> awesome, he's so cool, you want to be him. But... I always uh, kind of imagined him as the guy from X-Men. 
Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Even, yeah, he kind of, if Beast from the X-Men was gr- like brown instead of blue, yeah, I could ever see the resemblance. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. Uh, it holds up. Yeah, obviously, I think it's pretty clear. It's a classic. It's awesome. The songs are great. The best part is it's only 80 minutes. Oh, so nice. it's like, it doesn't waste any time. It's bo- plot point to plot point and does it incredibly well, incredibly well the whole way through. So, yeah, that holds up. As for the new one, it is not 80 minutes. I'll tell you that. It's two hours and 15 minutes long. Jesus. Which, I, it didn't feel that long. I enjoyed the experience of watching the movie. I don't know how much I liked it yet. Um, I'll say it's almost a carbon copy of the, like, I mean, literally line for line, shot for shot. Like, they, it seems like they tried to just basically make the exact same movie with the exact same camera angles, cuts, everything, but then added, like, 45 minutes of stuff that, wasn't as good as the stuff in the original. Like they, the stuff that they changed and added, some of it worked, but a lot of the new stuff just seemed unnecessary and filler in a way. Which well, I'm already interested to see the first band cut of someone cutting all that stuff out. Right? The, yeah. The hey, that's that's good point. Um, but yeah, I mean, I would have, I wouldn't mind if it was a little bit longer. If it was like an hour forty-five to close to two hours if they would have took more time like my only complaint and it's not necessarily it's more of a nitpick from the animated movie is because it's so fast-paced it's like hard to believe that she would go from terrified and hating the beast to like falling in love with him that fast like if they could have padded some of that character development relationship uh, development between them to like make it a little more realistic i think that would have been nice but as is, they basically just add stuff about her background, her mom, and why she's not in the picture, and the same with the Beast. Like, it's background stuff that really you don't need to know. Like, it's not adding all that much to the story. Yeah. But I will say, the movie looks great. I think it's well put, well directed, well put together. The special effects, for the most part, are pretty great. Like, the Beast, there are moments when... It looks iffy, but for the most part, I, I thought he looked great. And Dan Stevens, who's the lead in Legion on FX right now, he plays the Beast. Love that guy. Um, he's he's good. Emma Watson, great as Belle. Looks the part. I mean, Yeah, the, I thought it was a good casting just for look. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the whole look of the movie is very crisp and clean, and she she's spot on as Belle. And the singing is very produced like it's not doesn't sound realistic but it works it works for what it's going for uh the musical numbers are actually some of the best parts because when they're doing the shot for shot stuff where it's like a carbon copy remake when it was done in with the musical numbers it did i enjoyed it it was almost like wow look it's just like the animated movie except live action but then when they would do it with just the regular dialogue scenes it did, it, for some reason, that was off-putting to me. That felt like just play acting, in a way. Hmm. I don't know. It's hard to explain, but that's how I felt. And uh, I did not like the look of the furniture. Really? The, I mean, some of it's better than others, but I don't know. It doesn't have the life of the animated, which makes sense. But it doesn't have the, I don't know. 
something was off. Something was missing with that. Uh, Chip, you know Chip? Yeah. He has a much smaller role in this version of the movie. Oh, really? Yeah, which is surprising because I feel like he would be a character for the kids, right? Like a, yeah, like a fan favorite. Like a BB-8 or a, yeah, yeah. you know, just uh, – or the dog or something like that. But no, he – much smaller role. All the voice acting for those characters are great, but I'm pretty much doing a full review here. I'm sorry, but um, – yeah, I think it's worth seeing if you like – if you are – like my wife loved it. She was a big fan of Beauty and Beast, the animated movie, and she she loved the remake. Oh, excuse me. I'm sorry. No, you're cool. And um, I thought it was enjoyable. I don't think it's great. I mean it's crazy that it's making this much money, but it is a beloved franchise and they did it justice in a way to a point. So I'll give it a solid 7 out of 10. Nice. I'm, I wouldn't be opposed to watching it again, which <laughs> I'm sure I will. But um, yeah, I'll, if I do, I'll see if I'll tell you if it stands up. But the original is a nine out of ten. Uh, Fair enough. Did you have anything else? Uh, no, not really. All right, I guess it's time for me to monologue a bit. I watched Twentieth Century Women, which is a highly acclaimed movie from. 2016 last year about a guy well it's the director is i want to say it's mike milch but i didn't write it down or i'm not looking it up could be wrong but he directed beginners a few years ago which is like a uh, autobiographical autobiographical eh, pronunciations movie about him and his relationship with his father who came out as gay at when he was like 60 or something like that and it's a really good movie um Great character drama. Ewan McGregor plays the uh, the stand-in for the director in that one. And in this one is kind of like a counterpoint where it's about uh, – it's an autobiographical – I do not know if I'm saying that right. <laughs> uh, movie about him as a younger kid and it's his relationship with his mom. So it's kind of the other side of it and it's how he pretty much grew up with his mom – uh, his best friend and I think his sister and it's these three girls and basically how he become grows up it's like a coming of age story but these women are helping him become a man and it's it's really good I would recommend it if uh, if anyone's seen Beginners and like that they'll definitely like this if anyone hasn't see them both they're both great um, yeah enjoyed it quite a bit 8 out of 10 uh, let's see I watched a movie called Little Men but directed by Iris Sachs. This is a story of a young kid who is moving into... Hold on, let me try to get this straight. His grandfather dies, so him and his parents move into his grandfather's house because he was the uh, owner of a business underneath this apartment where there's a store underneath... He was the owner of it, I guess, or at least owned the lease or whatever it's called. And the woman that owned the store underneath had a son his age, and they become fast friends. And they're hanging out all the time, best friends, whatever, playing video games. And then there's a conflict between the one kid's mom and the other kid's dad with how much she owes rent and all this stuff. And it's kind of like, are the kids going to let this affect their their friendship 
basically. It's a small story, but uh, I thought it was really well done, really good. Uh, I like these uh, small character tales, you know? Yeah. Uh, seven and a half out of ten. I watched The Third Man from 1947, I think. Um, it's like a, uh, a good detective story, film noir-ish. Um, maybe it's full-out film noir. I'm not sure. I'm not an expert on that. I have to ask Edgar Shaput about that. But <laughs> uh, It's... Um, uh, murder mystery it's classic it's like uh trying to find the third man just like the title says uh i don't i don't have an, a lot of analysis on it but i did like it it held up pretty well these older movies are, can be hit or miss for me but this one was a hit i give it a light eight out of ten i also rewatched a couple of movies that i can quickly mention who framed roger rabbit nice is on netflix and my God, do I love this movie. De- definitely one of my favorites of all time. How do you feel about it? I love this movie. It, hold- sure. it holds up. I mean, maybe some of the, like... This movie will never be made again. No. But... Oh, no, no, no. <laughs> I would. I don't know if I would love it. Because it's so perfect as is. Like Some of like the integrating the animation into the live action doesn't hold up incredibly but the movie as a whole is it does it's it's perfect still maybe it's just nostalgia i don't know but man i just enjoyed the hell watching this i, I was just looking for something to put on in the background on netflix i saw that was there put it on wasn't watching it in the background i was just full on paying attention to it for however long it is uh holds up 10 out of 10 gotta love it uh also rewatched mrs doubtfire Wait, it's just ten out of ten, like nonchalant. <laughs> oh yeah, it's it's that good. Nice. Yeah, for like sure. It. <laughs> it will never even be a nine point nine to me. Mrs. Doubtfire, we were showing to my daughter because uh, my wife said, you know, she probably like this, and uh, she did. Uh, it's funny. It you've seen it. Everyone's seen it. It's good. Robin Williams, Mrs. Doubtfire. Some of the stuff. Uh, it doesn't hold up completely, but as a whole, still enjoyable movie. And I also, for some reason, rewatched Miss Peregrine's Home for Peculiar Children, or whatever it's called, the Tim Burton movie from last year. Yeah. Didn't even like it the first time I watched it. Put it on again. Liked it a little bit better, but still, it's mediocre at best. So, yeah, that's all the movies I watched. I did watch a few things on television. Iron Fist. The Netflix show? Yeah, yeah. Binged it in one and a half days, all 13 episodes. Not, not necessarily a reflection of the quality. Well, I was about to say, I haven't heard good things about this. <laughs> yeah, really. I haven't seen anyone pan it, but I haven't heard as much of... I don't know. They've been so positive about these Netflix. Yeah, it's been getting torched comparatively. Um. Yeah, it's. I think it had like a 35 on Metacritic. Like, that's not good. And no. uh, it's not that bad. Like, it's definitely my least favorite of these, of the five seasons that they've done with the Marvel Netflix shows. I would say Daredevil Season 1 is the best, then Jessica Jones, then Daredevil Season 2. Then there's a bit of a drop-off where Luke Cage, I would say, is just a little bit better than Iron Fist. They're both kind of similar in their own ways where – one half is 
kind of boring and like what is going on and the other half is pretty good with luke cage the first half was pretty darn good and investing but then they kill off the villain halfway through and what do you know from that point on not anywhere near as interesting and this one's kind of the reverse where it starts off very slow like the first six episodes are kind of just like can we get to the point here but then it kind of it closes pretty strong I still enjoyed it. It's easy. It was an easy binge. Uh, it's harmless. That's not always the best description of a television show. But uh, I, the the biggest problem is the main guy, Danny Rand, Iron Fist, played by Finn Jones of Game of Thrones, who's uh, Loras Tyrell on Game of Thrones. Like he's pretty bland. <laughs> yeah, um, that's uh, pretty much the consensus. Yeah, not much charisma coming out of him. Um, but, and even like the martial arts, this is, this one should have, this one should have been the best in that department because that's pretty much all he has is he's martial artist with like a glowing hand that can punch really hard every once in a while. Yeah. Yeah. But this is the worst choreography of any of them. Um, very, it's like close cut ups, uh, close shots with (laughs) quick cuts uh, just not the best. There's a couple standout uh, fight scenes, but it's yeah. not tremendous. The best part of the show, which is usually the best part of all these shows, is the supporting woman character. Like Colleen Wing is the character's name. She's a martial arts teacher at like a little dojo, and she kicks a lot of ass. She's a great character. Um, wish the show was about her, basically. Um, yeah, I don't have a ton to say about Iron Fist, but I just want to say it's not as bad as a lot of the critics are saying, but it's still not very good. Uh, hopefully Defenders can rebound. I th- I have a lot of hope for it because it's only eight episodes. It's not stretched out to 13, which I think is the biggest problem now with these. It seems like they're trying to fit six to ten episodes worth of content into 13 just because that's what the contract they signed is for and uh yeah so if the defenders is only eight episodes and you can get all these great characters in the same place at the same time pretty excited about that um i also started watching the show feud on fx have you heard of it no it's basically another one of these ryan murphy shows where he did american horror story american crime story and this is in like a new anthology series he's starting about famous feuds, what do you know? I think season two is going to be about Princess Diana and uh, was it Prince William, Prince Charles? But this one is about Betty Davis and Joan Crawford, two like the biggest Hollywood actresses in their day. And this is when they're getting a little bit older. They hated each other. They had this big feud, but they ended up working together on a movie set. And basically, the show, at least so far, is taking place uh, on that movie set and just showing their feud and their interactions and the people around them. It's really well made, well acted. Uh, I'm not, like, loving it, but it's definitely a solid show that I'm going to keep watching all the way through. And I started watching Big Brother Canada, which is the Canadian version of Big Brother, wouldn't you know? And uh, it's an all-star season, half all-stars, half new players, 
Uh, I've never been able to actually watch any of these shows because it's hard to find. Uh, we can't get it through legal means in America, so I just get it where I can. But, um, yeah, it's basically very similar to a U.S. Big Brother show I like, but don't talk a lot about. Just wanted to make note that I am watching it. So, yeah, let's talk trailers. We got some pre-judgment day. Um, always love it when we get some big trailers, and we got a couple of them here to talk about. First up on the docket, Spider-Man Homecoming has another trailer. Second one, uh, summer release coming up, so they got to get these promo materials out there. Uh, this one shows a little bit more of the plot, basically, and a lot of the same stuff that we saw before, but what did you think? Um... It, I think the first trailer was better, but it didn't hurt at all. Like, I, I want to see this movie a lot. And, you know, how I am about these superhero movies and whatnot. Yeah, you're unfair about them. No. I am. I'm certainly. <laughs> yeah, I agree with you. <laughs> I agree with you. The first trailer was better. I st there was still stuff to like here. Like, I'm. More yeah, it definitely. There's more plot stuff. Like,. My, uh, um, my, they make it a little more clear, like the whole thing with the suit and all that. And... Mm -hmm. Yeah. I actually am more optimistic about the vulture as a villain after this one. Oh yeah, for sure. Like you actually got to see some of Michael Keaton acting and not just kind of like looking like, you know, we you didn't see much of him in the first one. You just saw like basically some of the suit and it kind of yeah, looked silly. Really big shit. But I, yeah, I, like I said, I'm more encouraged about him as the villain for sure, so I'm excited about that. The thing that's giving me reservation is how many times are going to go to the well where there's something that he has to stand in the middle of, a web on one side, web on the other, and try to pull it together. Yeah. Right? Like this, or well, stop the train. Well, it's supposed to be iconic. Oh, shit, Bob. Hold on. So, yeah, like in Spider-Man 2, he's holding the train back with the webs, and yeah, you're right. It is kind of the iconic thing, but go to a different well. Like, I'm still optimistic about the movie. I'm still excited for it. But that was one thing that kind of made me think, is this going to be as good as I'm hoping for? So we'll see. I'm still going to say, like, 8.5 out of 10 pre-judgment. Nice. Yeah, I... 8. All right. Um, next up is another superhero film. First trailer for Justice League. <laughs> DCU, or DCEU. Uh, going for it again. You got Wonder Woman in the summer, Justice League in the fall. This is our first look. What did you think? It doesn't look bad. I mean, just the the taste that DC movies have left in people's mouths don't really make you too hopeful. Yeah. But, um, I mean, Aquaman looks pretty cool for him being, like, the least interesting superhero ever. Maybe too cool. Yeah. Um, and the only thing I really hope is it does seem like they don't take themselves too, too seriously. Yeah, let's hope. Like, them, you know, kind of making fun of Batman and stuff. But I don't know. I, I sort of do think they are going to take themselves very seriously. So. I agree. <laughs> I feel like they're trying so hard to be like, we're not taking ourselves too seriously. Like, let's yeah. put every single thing we can that's kind of jokey in here. But then in the end, it'll kind of just be the same turn. I do think it will be better than Batman vs. Superman. 
it'd be hard not to, right? So, yeah. uh, uh, I didn't think it looked great. I'll say that, but um, a little more optimistic uh, than I was planning to be, I guess. I mean, I'll prejudge. I'm really not sure about Cyborg or whatever. His yeah, name a lot is. of CGI. They got to get to work on uh, getting that integrated a little bit better. But, uh, yeah, like you said, Aquaman looks kind of cool. Wonder Woman's the best. She's my favorite of the bunch. For, for sure. sure. Um, I still like Casey Affleck as Brew Wayne and, and Batman. I'd just like to see it be better utilized. Uh, so hopefully we get that. Um, the Flash, I don't know. I don't know. I like Ezra Miller as an actor, but I don't know. It remains to be seen about him as the Flash in this. And I have a feeling Superman will be back. In this yeah. movie, I mean, they're not gonna. He came back super fast in the comics when he died. I feel like similar thing here. Uh, I'll prejudge it a six out of ten, which is pretty good. It's fair, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I, I, maybe I'd like to touch more like a six and a half. Okay. Um, did you watch the trailer for Death Note? Yes. Cool. Yeah, this is a anime inspired, I believe, and uh, yeah, straight to Netflix movie coming in the summer. Uh, directed by shit, I knew who it was, and I thought I would remember, so I didn't write it down. But um, anyway, it looks good. Yes. Talk about what is it about? I to be honest, I I know it's like got a huge cult following, but I don't really something like there's a book that says you write right, someone's right. name in it, and like I guess they will die, but I think there's. Uh, I don't know. There's some baggage attached yeah, yeah. to that. Yeah, I mean that's a interesting concept for a story. I feel like you know, there's. I mean, it's obviously well renowned for a reason. So, uh, looks like it, it's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, for sure. I was actually after seeing this, thinking about watching it, but I think I'm going to wait for this to come out and then watch it after. So I'm not so like jaded right. about. Fall in love sort of how the, I feel about Game of Thrones. Like I would love to walk, read the books and stuff, and I think I could actually focus like on doing it. But I don't want to have all these like preconceived notions. And I'm sure the books are better, but yeah, they are. Whatever. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I got you. Yeah, uh, I'm not going to give it a prejudgment. I don't think because classic Netflix. It's only a minute long. I don't think there's really enough there to go on. But I am looking forward to it. Yeah, it it looks good, is what I'll say. Yeah. It's positive rather than negative. Uh-huh. So. Agreed. Uh, the last two that I have, I'm not sure if you watched them. So, I'll, did you watch a Ghost Story trailer? Uh, no. All right. Well, this is, uh, quickly, this is the Sundance movie. They got a lot of hype this year. The one with uh, Casey Affleck and Rooney Mara as a couple, and he dies, and he comes back as a ghost, but it's literally just him with a sheet over his head. Uh, looks amazing. It looks great. This trailer was incredible. Uh, I am super excited for the movie. Um, could be this year's Manchester by the Sea. Casey Affleck and all that. We'll see. We'll see. But I'm excited for it. And three billboards outside of Ebbing, Missouri. Did you watch that one? No. Okay. This looks awesome. You should check this trailer out for sure. This looks Coen Brothers-esque. Almost. It's got... Ah, shoot. The main actress... Who is in a bunch of Coen Brothers movies, including Fargo, as Marge Gunderson. Uh, but it's directed by... Uh, 
man. The guy did Seven Psychopaths and In Bruges, two movies that I love. Uh, this British playwright, I think, who came into the world of cinema and has knocked it out of the park each time out. And this looks like he's continuing that. It's about a mom who puts three billboards like outside of her house or on this main road or something that says something like, the detective so-and-so, the next one says, why didn't you do anything about it? Or basically, I think her daughter was either kidnapped or murdered. Something terrible happened to her daughter who's no longer uh, in the picture. And she's like going on a rampage against the cops about, I guess she feels like they could have done more. But it seems like it's going to go in a lot of interesting places. So I'm excited. I'll give that one uh, eight and a half. I think that's going to be great. And uh, that's all we got for for you until episode 200. Until. Until. But until, like we said, until I should have mentioned, I'm trying to set up an email newsletter. But I'm having troubles with the sign-up sheet. I tested it out with my secondary email address, and I did not get a confirmation I didn't get confirmation either. Yeah, I don't know what that's about. So I wish I wouldn't have promoted it on social media until I, I made sure it was working. But hopefully we can get that figured out. And um, I know I can do it manually. Like if I go onto the MailChimp website and put someone's name and address in, it will add them because I added myself that way. So I guess in the meantime, if anyone wants to do it that way, hit me up. You can email me the red box or us the red box support at yahoo.com. Follow us on Twitter at the red box support. I'm on Twitter at the Oriole Report. I'm on Twitter at Red Box Reporter. Like us on Facebook. Subscribe to us on iTunes. Like us. Give us a review. Rate us. Uh, subscribe to us on YouTube as well. And we'll be back for episode 200 next week. We'll see you then. See ya. B. Ow. Guest, be our guest, put our service to the test. Tie your napkin round your neck, sherry, and we provide the rest. Soup du jour, hot or d'oeuvre, why, we only live to serve. Try the gray stuff, it's delicious. Don't believe me? Ask the dishes. They can sing, they can dance. After all, miss, this is France. And a dinner here is never second best. Go on, unfold your menu, take a glance, and then you'll be our guest. We our guest, be our guest. Beef ragu, cheese souffle, pie and pudding on flambe. We'll prepare and serve with flair a culinary cabaret. You're alone and you're scared, but the banquet's all prepared. No one's gloomy or complaining while the flatware's entertaining. We tell jokes, I do tricks with my fellow candlesticks. Put it all in perfect taste that you can burn. Come on and lift your glass, you've won your own free pass to be our guest. If you're stressed, it's fine dining, we suggest. Be our guest, be our guest, be our guest. Life is so unnerving for a servant who's not serving. He's not whole without a soul to wait upon. Ah, those good old days when we were useful. Suddenly those good old days are gone. Oh. Ten years we've been rusting, needing so much more than dusting, needing exercise, a chance to use our skills. 
Most days we just lay around the castle. Flappy, fat, and lazy, you walked in and oops, a daisy! Oh, it's a guest, it's a guest, sakes alive and I'll be blessed. Wise been poor and thank the Lord, I've had the napkins freshly pressed. With dessert, she'll want tea, and my dear, that's fine with me. While the cups do this, I'll chew it, I'll be coupling, I'll be brewing, I'll get warm, I'll be hot. Heaven's sakes, is that a spot? Clean it up, we want the company impressed. We've got a lot to do, is it one lot or two? For you, our guest. She's our guest. She's Tonight you'll pop your feet up, but for now let's eat up, be our guest.